Are you ready for a bubbly episode? I talk carbonated water, why we may like it, and what signals it sends to our brain. Tune in for all those details only here on the People Scientist Podcast. People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 89, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. How is your day going so far? Wherever you are listening, I hope that you are doing well, and thank you for bringing me into your day. I'm excited about today's episode because it is a bit of a bubbly episode, (laughs) very me. If you have listened to many of my episodes, you may have noticed that I really love the topic of taste and how we can use our understanding of taste to our benefit. Like how in previous episodes, I spoke about how sour and bitter taste signal to our brain that we are satisfied and to stop eating. The reason being through evolution Sour and bitter taste likely indicated spoiled food or poisonous plants, although today that is not the case in our safe food supply. But because of this, sour and bitter signal to us to stop eating as a protective mechanism, whereas sweet and salty tastes are very reinforcing and pleasurable because they indicate the presence of carbohydrates or electrolytes which our body can use to stay healthy. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a different type of taste, and that is carbonation or carbonated water. I personally like to drink carbonated water, and I've often thought, why do I like this? And when we drink carbonated water, what does that signal to our brain? What could this mean for our eating behavior? Keep listening on to find out. And as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. Our sense of taste serves as the gatekeeper to our body because it serves as a defense signaling system, letting us know what is probably okay to eat and drink and what isn't. For example, avoiding really bitter and sour things while craving salty and sweet things. But what about carbonation? Is that a new taste? Well, it turns out that carbonated drinks release carbonic acid on our tongue which acts upon the sour taste receptor cells in our mouth and also acts on sensory fibers, inducing a very mild pain or what people may call a bite. Many people find this desirable, while others do not, just like how some people enjoy the mild pain of spicy food and others do not. Well, drinking a carbonated beverage results in the recruitment of many brain regions, one in particular that is involved in us feeling satisfied and full. So drinking a carbonated beverage just might help reduce food cravings. 
Interestingly, though, carbonated sweet beverages like sodas we need to watch out for, as sodas like Coca-Cola are linked to reduced bone density and higher calorie intake. But carbonated water seems to be okay in this regard. Now, let's get into those details. Carbonated water means that carbon dioxide gas has been infused in the beverage under pressure, making it bubbly. This can be called many things like seltzer water, club soda, sparkling water, fizzy water, etc. Now, natural sparkling mineral water is a bit different, as it contains many minerals from a natural spring, hence its name. Other beverages can be carbonated, like sodas and tonic water, which contain sweeteners or sugars. So let's talk about these bubbly drinks and why we might like them. Wise in the journal PLOS One back in 2013 reported that the bite from carbonated drinks is due to the carbonic acid acting on our sour taste receptors, as the carbon dioxide in the drink will be converted into carbonic acid. The carbonic acid can act on both the sour taste receptors and other sensory fibers of the tongue and mouth. So the scientists wanted to prove this, that it was because of the bubbles would produce carbonic acid that we liked it or had a sensation from the drink. So the scientists recruited 14 individuals, and the scientists asked them to drink different beverages and to rate the level of carbonation or bite that they felt on the tongue. The beverage was either normally carbonated with carbon dioxide and bubbles, or it was carbonated under pressure where the bubbles would not form but carbon dioxide would be in the drink and carbonic acid would be generated. Interestingly, both beverages were rated similar for a sensation of carbonation or a bite feeling on the tongue. This further provided evidence that the carbonic acid itself, without any bubbles, was necessary for that feeling we get when drinking a carbonated drink. So I talked about in past episodes how a strong sour taste in the absence of anything sweet or salty may induce feelings of satisfaction and reduce craving because through evolution, sour taste was generally associated with spoiled foods. Hence our brain saying to stop searching for food and to stop eating it because potentially it could be harmful. So if carbonated drinks can act on our sour taste receptors, can they impact appetite like sour things do? Well, Desarier in the journal Chemical Senses in the year 2000 conducted some preclinical research which indicates that carbonated beverages may act on the tongue to recruit neurons of a brain region called the nucleus of the tractus solitarius, which I will abbreviate today as NTS. Now, this is very intriguing. You know, my favorite brain region, I would say, is the NTS because a lot of our taste becomes recruited and acts on the NTS to induce these behavioral eating responses that we have. Now, it's intriguing because the NTS can induce feelings of satiety, satisfaction, fullness, and reduce feelings of craving. For example, chewing our food for longer activates the NTS. I talked about this in a previous episode. Bitter things activate the NTS. Sour things activate the NTS. And similarly, carbonated water may also activate our NTS, helping us feel like we are craving less, perhaps. Wawaki Saka, in the year 2000, conducted a clinical trial to determine just this. The scientists recruited 19 young women and had them drink on an empty stomach, either plain still water, carbonated water, or nothing. 
and the scientists performed several analyses of their stomach and intestines and asked them questions to look for differences in digestion and satiety and satisfaction. The scientists noted that carbonated water had induced a short-term but significant satiating effect, and this could have been related to the flight-or-fight response or the sympathetic nervous system, which is actually similar to how spicy food may impact us too. It is interesting because carbonated water may also have a similar effect to spicy food as they both induce chemogenic pain, meaning they act on certain sensory fibers in our mouth to induce a bit of pain, which some people find enjoyable. And I talk about the details of how spicy food may induce pleasure and excitement by acting on certain brain regions back in episode 68, if you want to give that a listen. Carbonated water may act on similar neurons as spicy food, or capsaicin specifically, but in a lesser fashion. So I wonder then, people who enjoy spicy food, do they also be the ones that tend to enjoy carbonated water? What do you think? Do you like both spicy food and carbonated water, or or do you dislike both? Let me know because that would be really interesting to find out. For me personally, I love both spicy food and carbonated water. Okay, so carbonated water may be enjoyable to us and help us feeling satisfied. But does it hydrate us? The answer is yes. And it appears to hydrate us to the same extent as regular still water. In the American Journal of of Clinical Nutrition in 2016, the scientists had 72 fasted individuals rehydrate with 13 different drinks and assessed their hydration status. It turns out that carbonated water hydrated the participants to the same extent as regular plain still water. So the carbonation does not seem to impact its hydration benefits on us. Now let's talk about bone health because... It is well recognized that soda drinks like Coca-Cola may influence our bone mineral density. But Tucker, in the year 2006, in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, found that carbonated water was not associated with bone loss or osteoporosis. Only sodas and colas were associated with lower bone mineral density. The reason is because sodas like Coke contain phosphoric acid. So drinking a soda could increase phosphorus levels in our blood. Now you see, phosphorus needs to also be in balance with calcium in our blood. The two always need to be in tandem with one another, like two people standing on each end of a balance. So if phosphorus goes up in our blood, calcium needs to go up too so they can stay level. So that's fine if we eat enough calcium in our diet and they can remain level. But if we do not eat enough calcium, Where do you think that calcium will come from? Our bones. So drinking a lot of soda may lead to calcium being leached from our bones and being released into our blood if we do not get enough calcium from our diet, hence the connection of soda intake with lower bone mineral density. But this is not a concern for other carbonated drinks like carbonated water because carbonated water does not contain phosphoric acid. But now that I brought up sodas, let's talk about them briefly. Sodas are very commonly consumed in North America. Over 75,000 people were surveyed in a study by Lundin published in 2018, and one-third of the participants reported drinking one or more sugar-sweetened beverages like soda every day. With the onset of these 
fizzy, bubbly, sweetened drinks like sodas, calorie and sugar intake have escalated, and this is thought to be linked to the rise in obesity and the obesity health-related concerns. So the question arose, is the carbonation also adding to the problem of obesity and high-calorie intake? Well, DeSalle and colleagues in the journal Gastroenterology in 2013 conducted a clinical trial where participants would drink different beverages while having their brains scanned using functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI. Now, I've talked about fMRI studies in previous episodes. I love to bring them up because they're a fascinating way to study the brain in the context of different things. An fMRI study looks at blood flow in the brain to gain an understanding of what brain regions are involved and how strongly they are involved during certain tasks or circumstances, like when we drink bubbly drinks. So the scientists had the participants drink a sweet soda with and without carbonation. Surprisingly, with the addition of carbonation, drinking the soda reduced the activity in many brain regions like the anterior insula, the orbital frontal cortex, the frontal gyrus, and increased activity in the occipital temporal cortex versus no carbonation. So you're thinking, okay, Stephanie, well, what does that mean? Simply, it means that the addition of carbonation to the beverage was able to reduce the individual's ability to taste the sweetness of the beverage. It reduced the sweetness of the beverage, according to the individual, and it reduced the brain signaling associated with the sweet beverage. So from this study, the scientists concluded that if carbonation reduced their ability to recognize the sweetness of the drink, that individuals may choose to drink even more of that beverage in order to obtain the same brain signal from a sweet beverage. So it is thought that sodas like Coca-Cola are very popular and are consumed in particularly high amounts in North America and other parts of the world because of both the sweetness and the bubbly carbonated aspect of it. So that is a wrap, my people, scientist army, on carbonated bubbly water. I know this was a bit of a shorter episode, but there isn't too much data out there on carbonated water and our health. But what I can tell you is that carbonated calorie-free water appears to hydrate us the same as regular still water, and it does not seem to impact our bones negatively like sodas might. The carbonation in drinks seems to act on our sour taste receptors and recruits neurons of the NTS in the brain, a brain region well-known to induce satisfaction and reduce craving. A clinical trial indicated that this may lead to short-term increased feelings of satisfaction and fullness in people. So now that I've given you this information, it is up to you to do with it what you will. I hope that it was an interesting episode for you. So the next time you open up a bottle or a can of bubbly water, you can think, hmm, this carbonated water is acting on my sour taste receptors and the NTS of my brain. Interesting. <laughs> so if you like this content and you want to support the People Scientist podcast, please leave me a review and rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts so that I know what you think of the podcast episode. Or if you want to buy me a coffee to say thanks, I have my Venmo and Patreon information in the description box to this episode. If you want more information or you want to see some of the studies that I share in this episode, then make sure to follow me on social media where I post all that stuff throughout the week. So I hope you all have an awesome week, and I look forward to meeting you back here the same time and same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. 
I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.